This is Dojo Live, Tech Without Borders, stories that bring us together. We're live. Oh, Kim, you're on mute. myself. I don't know what happened. Thank you. All right. Let's try this again. So good afternoon, everyone. And thank you for joining us on Dojo Live Wednesday, the 17th of July, 2019, where we have informative, informal, and fun conversations with tech illuminaries. My name is Kim, Kim Lentis. I'm broadcasting live from my home. Uh, This one came down with a cough today. And of course, she wants to join in on the fun. So disclaimer there. Um, joining me are my two co-workers and co-hosts, Carlos Ponce. Hey, Carlos. Hey, Kim. And then you, Tulio, who already introduced yourself, Tulia Siragusa. And here's Zoe. She's waving. <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about how to develop our data literacy. And here to tell us how to do just that is the Amazon bestselling book author. Behind um, Her book is Behind Every Good Decision. And she's also president and CEO of Aring. So please welcome Pianca Jane. Welcome to Dojo Live, Pianca. Hi. Hi, Kim. Hi. So, is, and Zoe, she's waving again. <laughs> So I have to say, Pianca, I feel both honored and a bit intimidated um, to be speaking with you today. I would invite you to please share a bit more about yourself so that our listeners can also and viewers can also understand um, why I might be feeling this way. So tell oh, us okay. Well, there is no re- reason to be intimidated, Kim. Um, I am uh, I'm really honored to be here and I'm excited for what unfolds today. Uh, my background, uh, real quick. Um, I have um, a two master's degree from academia. So coming from academia with a quants and math background and then found myself in the real world of um, Adobe's and PayPal's of the world. And, and that's where I really understood, uh, you know, how to, how to take all that quantitative and mathematic learning, mathematics learning that I had and apply it to solve real business problems. There were two different kinds of world and I, you know, slowly realized how to uh, bridge that gap. And through that process of learning how to apply data-driven thinking, how to apply simple math, how to apply more and more uh, advanced statistical and machine learning techniques to solve complex problems is how my own journey of data literacy started. Um, and, and that's what I would, I hope that I would uh, share with you. Um, in terms of just adding to my sort of my background, I am I speak uh, internationally on the topic of uh, data driven decision making and data literacy and data culture. Uh, and I have a couple of books. One of them you mentioned already behind every good decision is just became Amazon um, bestseller this this year or so. Uh, lucky to have that. And um, what else? And then, of course, with airing um, our work is primarily focused on uh, we are a SWOT team of sorts, so we go in and solve complex problems. Like some some company, uh, you know, is having high value problem, whether it is, um, you know, onboarding issues or the fraud model is not working or the growth is uh, going. I mean, growth is not is is sort of uh, diminishing. Uh, EBITDA is not looking good or um, margins are going down. So these are the kind of big problems that we go in and solve. Uh, with our data consulting, data science consulting service, and on the on the data culture aspect, um, there are many many mature organizations which are our clients who want to be Facebook like or Google's like, right? They want to be able to think and act data, and we help with that transition. 
along with the data literacy work. We also have an academy online on aiding.com uh, where anybody who's interested in learning or getting scaled up in, in data science uh, can go and take um, certifications and programs. Hey, Kim, Thank sorry you. for the quick interruption. Um, I apologize for those who are tuned in on LinkedIn. We had an interruption on the live broadcast. I rebroadcasted it. And if you want to watch the entire interview uninterrupted for this session, you can go on nearsoft.bowdrill.com and you'll be able to do that. Back to you, Kim. Thank you. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you, Tulio. So, yeah, the show must go on as, as we've proven um, today. So, Pianca, I was going to ask you about Aring and your products and services, but you already went ahead and answered that for us um, very well. So, you said something, um, I heard you say data culture, and I'm wondering, could you go into a bit of that detail of what is a data culture, what does it mean to be data-driven, and why is that important um, for companies? Yeah, and that's a great question. I'm just coming back from an event, uh, C event, where I was, um, where I keynoted um, uh, in front of 300 executives uh, on which were in the hospitality and event business, and that's exactly what my topic was as well. Why do we even care? Why is this this culture of data important? Now, let's go back, like let's say 200, 300 years ago, and let's say we are all entrepreneurs as business makers. 300 years ago, we all had our, if we were all business businesses, we would know each of our customers, right? Because we would, you know, probably shake hands with them. And we were, I probably was selling wool or, you know, whatever else. And you were probably selling something, some other spices or goods. And we would know each other. In today's world, a digital world, uh, we have millions of customers and we don't know them face to face. And how would we, but how are we building products and, and services if we don't know them, if we don't know their needs? The only way for us to know that or understand their needs and build custom, build products to serve that need is um, through understanding what the data can tell us about those million people. How are those million customers? What are they doing on our website? Or what are they doing on our product? How are they using our product? Uh, which features do they prefer more versus less? What are the different use cases they are using our products for? And so on. So there are many, many use cases from that perspective. The other thing which is also now added, not only the human aspect, but Devices, IoT, devices are producing sensors, devices are producing data. And now we have the ability, imagine, you know, um, um, oil in my Chevron, ExxonMobil, right? Thousands and thousands of these uh, devices, even the pipes or the, or the um, you know, the machineries, different parts, pressure gauges, um, the heat walls, everything is now um, basically a smart device. And so they are outputting data, and instead of having to figure out you know, something goes wrong in that this this um, this oil uh, oil gig, something goes wrong, it takes you days, weeks, months to figure out where what went wrong. Now it's a matter of if you're on top of the data, it's a matter of you figuring out in a matter of maybe hours where things are leaking, where is something going on, what is what is going on, and then like like fixing it. So. Um, Data, being able to leverage data is very, very important. Um, now, organizations who have a culture of data are able to think and act data, which means it's not just the responsibility of the data managers to be able to, oh, now that something is wrong, let me look at the data and these small percentage of people, 1%, 2% of the organization who is able to do something with data. Well, that was the world 20 years ago when you know people like me, we were you know data scientists or uh, analysts, in the world of Adobe or PayPal, when, when big problems happen, you know, uh, 
PayPal uh, went from, you know, for a particular product, went from two-digit uh, growth to single-digit growth, they would come to people like us and say, hey, what's going on? Let's figure this out. In the new world, we all are part analysts. We are all citizen analysts because we all have access to data. Now, you, people don't need to depend on people like me or my team who, who at that point was writing SQL to get access to data. Now, everybody has access to data thanks, thanks to Power BI and Tableau. Uh, and that means we all are citizen analysts. That means we all should be able to think and act data to different degrees, but we should all be able to think and act data and, and use it. So if something were to happen to your campaign that you ran, we should be able to do something with it. So, 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 that's, so that's the idea of the data culture. So yes, basically, you're you're gonna you're working yourself out of a job by allowing us all to do what you do. <laughs> well, in, in, uh, surprisingly, I'm not. I'm, and I'm empowering myself and others by empowering others who are able to do this, which is one of the core core things we do at Airing. We are able to together collaborate. If you under, if for example, if you were my internal stakeholder, Kim, and if you understand that data can be leveraged in these ways then your usage of data, your usage of models would be much mm -hmm. higher. And right. that's what we are struggling with, right? Companies right. who are already started on that path, they're struggling with that aspect. It's a really, really beautiful sentiment. I think this is something that we at Nearsoft can kind of relate to a lot, this idea of being, we're a, a flat organization and we're all based on teamwork. And so I think this really rings home to us and this idea um, that we want everybody to be involved in the decision making and the ideas and the process. Um, but I do have to think, when I personally think of data analysis, I'm thinking of big data. And to me, this can be really overwhelming, like yeah. not even knowing exactly where, where to start. And it's, I think it maybe might feel, I'm sorry, that's so that's okay. <laughs> Might okay. like, um, liken it to failing to see, see the, the forest for the trees, right? So how can we break this down? It's my understanding after what I've, I've read about you is this idea of we can start with two simple questions. Is that right? Uh, three simple questions, but yeah. Three? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah, are they? You know, yeah, yeah, you were, you were, you were close. Uh, you know, I think um, I'm going to wrap one thought around what I was just trying to get to from the data culture perspective. But but the companies who are not going to, uh, it's, it's uh, given what I'm, I'm seeing, the companies who are not going to, uh, pay attention or not going to be able to use data as as a key asset in the organization are going to get are going to be irrelevant very very soon so so the companies who want to stay competitive actually want to stay in the business need to stay pay, pay attention and need to develop an internal data culture so think and act data for everybody so that's what you know one thing i wanted to wrap on now to your point like how can everybody become data scientists and, or be able to deal with big data it's overwhelming Thankfully, for when I'm, we are talking about data culture and data literacy, we're talking about stratified. So, for example, for you, Kim, if you were my internal stakeholder, you should be able to, and you, let's say you were in marketing, you should be able to launch campaigns, look at the results of the campaigns, and make meaningful conclusions from that to be able to use it for your next campaign, right? And if I am your stakeholder, internal stakeholder, and I'm, I'm, I'm supporting you, you should be for the 80% of the problems you should be able to solve yourself, which can be done using aggregate data, which is not big data, aggregated data. And you should be able to use simple tools like Excel or Power BI or Tableau, you know, simple tools, simple methodologies, correlation analysis, aggregate, you know, aggregate analysis, trending, simple methodologies, simple tools, uh, simpler. I won't say that this is like, you know, you still need to kind of sort of know what you're doing, but 
that, that can be done by, by just using these simpler methodologies. 80% of the problems that you would encounter should be solved. It could be solved that way. Now, so, there will be the rest. Pia, if you don't mind, I want to interject real quick yeah. here. So it sounds very similar to uh, my first book in 2009. I made a prediction about how social media and data science was going to change the landscape of business. And it's amazing how it's already happening. But my question is uh, a little bit more about your business, where your focus is. Uh, one of the things I've observed over the past decade is the proliferation of data, data science, big data, even AI. Really, it's it's about simplifying it, right? So, from my perspective, it's about two things. One, it's workflow automation, which impacts machine to machine, and as you mentioned earlier, detection of problems, problem resolution, where you have uh, sensor information that can help either with R and D or can help predict a problem or, in some cases, avoid a problem. So that's that world of the, the IOT space. And then you have smart workforces, right? It's the ability to use information to enable someone to make decisions. Uh, I always equate it to the, the junior hire and now act and provide services to a client like a senior person because they have access to distilled information that has been, that has some context that empowers them to do more. Which of these two is your company focused on? If you could tell us a little bit about your business uh, what marketplace you're serving and what problem you're solving. We'd love to hear that as well. Uh, sure. I mean, we, we, are, we expand the breadth of strategic data science consulting. So we are often in boardrooms and executive rooms uh, working with the executives and figuring out what their organization structure can be, should be, uh, helping them think through the data culture aspect, also center of excellence aspect all the way very very strategic to all the way to identifying the top analytics project top agenda how do you move how do you how are you going to make a motion towards better margins with, for the organization or driving growth uh, and identifying top projects and then actually working on it with with all the tools skills we have sometimes simple logic is enough sometimes you have to get into machine learning and and deep learning uh, and sometimes you know the company has a web fall and and infrastructure to even support ai right so we have the sort of our our uh, work sort of spans the breadth of strategic data science consulting to more specific project based building a fraud model and improving that fraud capture by 10% right so that that's the breadth as well as in terms of working with the executives on building their own data literacy uh, their own understanding of how the organization can be organized to build a culture of data all the way down to teaching an individual data scientist how can they be more effective to even citizen analysts we do a we have data literacy uh, certification as well as citizen analyst certification where we go in and uh, empower these people to solve big problems in their workflow uh, while we teach them so it sort of spans the breadth of what you're uh, I'm, I'm hearing i'm hearing it's about smart workforces or smart enterprises um, what are you seeing in terms of adoption across organization? Are, are companies adopting these strategies to get smarter about how they work and how they operate? Or are you seeing some resistance? What's What's been your experience so far in terms of adoption? Uh, in terms of uh, adoption of data, data, data as an asset or what is specifically adoption of what? Well, you mentioned earlier that some of the decision, I mean, some of the strategic projects you work on help organizations make better decisions. To me, yeah. that smart workforces, smart enterprises, right? Yeah. What's, what's the adoption been? Yeah. Organization well, adopting these tools and this, this intelligence 
to yeah. make better decisions or, or right. moving in that direction at a rapid pace or are some still resistant trying to do things the old-fashioned way where there's a lot of more analysts doing the work instead of yeah. actually so what have where's, you where is it where's the world looking like right now so right. it varies by industry um you know some industries are sort of behind the curve and the other like financial services insurance are way ahead on the curve uh, but of course the you know you think um but of course within even in the even in the banking there are like uh, credit unions and the and the legacy banks which have legacy systems so they are behind the curve um but but technology is really ahead of the curve uh, cpg and retail are coming up hospitality and events tend to be a little bit behind manufacturing is catching up again from behind so i think it depends on the industry as well as function i think overall though like like 27 20 end of 2018 uh, gartner came out with a report that 85% of data science projects actually are wasted which means it doesn't drive any impact and after 10 years of big data halabalu and data science halabalu it's like what 85% like mean 15% of work actually gets used and i would say by some estimate in my own estimate of having seen what's internally i mean i would say really 2 to 3% of work really gets used and so why that big up a gap like 100 you put like you know you have um basically 100 races you will send 100 races to the, uh, 100 horses to your race and actually to complete like what happened to the 98 right what really this is really really such a such a such as in a, in, a, in this whole dichotomy of the world where we need data we have data and it's not really being used or leveraged the 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 miss is uh, is is basically misunderstanding of data science uh, missing engagement model missing data literacy right if there is you can build the best insights but let's say again going back to my model let's say kim is my internal stakeholder and i actually just built the best customer acquisition model to reduce the customer acquisition cost from $5 to $2 but if kim does not necessarily believe in this or if i am not aligned with kim or we are you know there the data literacy is not there she, she and her team will probably never use that and my work has again gone to waste and that is what is happening in the real world and so it's really like a lot of these different pieces and that's why we that's why our work is so pivotal our data culture work actually brings about brings up the data literacy for the entire organization so that the entire organization works together in tandem to push this big rock of growth of acquisition of profitability uh, in the same direction i hope this answers so, so increasing that data literacy i think you were going back and you were talking about this idea of powering and we were going to discuss three questions that we can ask ourselves to increase our data literacy and our empowerment um can we get back to that like yeah. what are the questions yes yeah, so the three key questions this is another framework and people who are interested they can go to aiding.com and, and and find that white paper as well and we talk about you know there are important the three key questions to ask your data as you begin your journey because you know data doesn't speak we often think like oh let me build build this dashboard the best of it and shake it and then it will start speaking to me all these intelligent things that again you tell me to do this and do that actually data doesn't speak it only responds to to intelligent questions i mean if you ask garbage question you'll get garbage out you know garbage and garbage out so it's about asking important questions relevant questions to your data so the three key questions is actually a framework which starts with the first question is how am i doing first question is how do you even measure success for yourself and for different organizations it will be different metrics but then you should have clarity on what is the key metric for your organization right so how am i doing is the first question second is what drives how am i doing right 
so what is using your portfolio analysis or whatever else understand what are the drivers for example if if your key metric is revenue or growth what are the drivers for the growth for your organization it might be it's a function of new acquisition it might be function of retention it might be function of these different you know uh, competitive uh, feature set that you're building what is how am i doing what is that you know what drives how am i doing so that's the second question what drives how am i doing and third is what does my customer need uh, and and want right and if you understand that and, and it's actually three questions but it's actually layered three questions you will keep going back to these three questions over and over until you figure out what are, until you figure out that measurement framework until you figure out hey here's my lever i turn this this way and here's how my top meter moves right Uh, it's like driving a car i know if i put push my pedal down something happens right and it different cars will have different degrees of movement based on how hard i push the pedal or what do i if i you know how i do my steering if i push it pull it this way what happens it turns right so this is my this is where when you start understanding the different levers of your business is when you start leveraging truly leveraging the power of data to drive yourself forward to drive that growth forward and many many new tech companies new and old tech companies capital one is a big example airbnb uber these are uh, amazing examples of where people are the organizations are truly leveraging data to drive uh, their business forward okay so we have about 7 minutes left uh time flies uh anyone have any questions please submit them on twitter at dojo live And Carlos, if there's any questions pending, please ask them now, and I'm going to pass it back to Kim because I know she has a few more. Yeah. So I was wondering, um, where's this threshold? You mentioned something about 80%, more than likely, 80% of the work with data can be done on our own. So that means that 20% is going to need a company to handle, or somebody, or help to handle, or and utilize the more data. analytics. So where's that threshold? Like um when do we decide okay, we need someone like Eric and um also what are the steps that we can take to do that wisely? I believe that um you actually have a talk in an article that you wrote um something about how can we avoid being scammed? I think this scam was a word that you used. Yes. Yes, and it is a big scam, and it goes back to the same eighty-five percent I was telling about that eighty-five percent of the works goes wasted. And so, for you, like you know, you wouldn't think of investing three hundred k or a million dollar in a house and say, "Oh, there's an eighty-five percent chance that the house that you're buying may not be there," or fifteen percent chance that house. You would not do that. It's actually a scam, right? Uh, but but over and over, organizations are doing that. They are investing millions of dollars in in. in consulting in projects internal external uh, tools for that for that promise which actually does not show up so how do you do it right you the way you do it right is make sure that the executives are bought into projects right uh, you make sure which of whether you're uh, doing an internal project or an external project when we when we are brought into a project we make sure that we have the executives buy in that's one of the things we we, we always start with an assessment and in that space of assessment we have a voice of executive we actually work with executives to understand their different views and one of the ways in which we add values by aligning how different stakeholders are looking at even the problem the common view of the problem because sometimes we go in and we say there is a huge problem we have an onboarding issue 50% of the people we are rejecting their application we have a problem uh, come solve it for us we go in and when we talk to the risk head of risk they have a different view of the problem head of marketing has a different view of the problem 
So one of the first things you have to do is align people on a common view of the problem. And then the next step is come align people, all the stakeholders on a common view of the solution. Because way the IT would look at the problem, they would be optimizing from the you know, infrastructure perspective. The way risk is looking at the problem, the way compliance is looking at the problem, the way product is looking, they're all looking from their vantage point. And so it's important to come up with a problem definition and a solution definition, which aligns different stakeholders. Because that's the only way this project will get adopted and actually get used, right? So align all the, all the stakeholders together, uh, make sure that you have uh, the support, the internal support, you have the data supporting it, you have the resources who are gonna work on it supporting. In our case, we bring our resources to our, uh, to our clients, uh, but we also still need infrastructure internally for our clients to be able to, let's say we built a, a very complex, uh, you know, gradient boosting uh, 200 trees algorithm that improved fraud by let's say 25%. But if the organization is not able to actually instrument it on their end, that work is wasted. And I can't tell you how much work gets wasted because of misalignment of algorithm, misalignment of needs and, and requirements. And that's again, because we use a framework like Bather, we don't, our work does not get wasted because we align on those things early on with the stakeholder. But that's another thing to align on and make sure that, you know, uh, your work uh, does not get, uh, get wasted. It sounds uh, like uh, technology for the sake of technology is not the way to go. I remember, I think 25 years ago, 20 years ago, a lot of companies started doing ERP implementations and supply chain implementation. And they implemented the software out of the box and it, and 70 percent of those things fail because there was no alignment with the business objectives so it's refreshing to hear that there needs to be alignment with the business objectives so all these projects that have failed 85 percent of them have failed what's the advice you have we have uh like three minutes left what's the advice or wisdom you want to share uh for those organizations that might be scorched earth in terms of having spent a lot of money and not gotten the results how could they relook at this differently? I think we look at completely, uh, you know, you need data maturity for sure. Uh, so, you know, uh, definitely invest in having a mature, having, giving access to everybody, uh, easy and clean access to a single source of truth. That's number one, data maturity, invest in data maturity. Second, invest in data literacy. That means it's not necessarily just training, but invest in different parts of your organization needing the required amount of data literacy so they can everybody can start moving in tandem towards those common goals uh, if it is growth we know if i'm working in marketing i should know what how my work drives the growth for the organization so all of that alignment data literacy um, the leadership has to align so data driven leaders are a must that's the starting point for a culture to actually for an organization to get the roi and the fourth part of this uh, sort of four d's of data culture is a decision making process if you don't have a way in which you make decisions and you don't have a way to look back on those decisions and actually understand and learn from it you know you will not necessarily be able to leverage data or anything towards that decision making and learn from it so you can only sort of they say that you can only manage what you can measure and thereby having a decision making process is is key so the four d's is what i'm going to leave you with it's making sure you have data maturity the data literacy is a must. Data-driven decision-making is the three key component, and all of it is uh, sort of started by and uh, catalyzed by uh, data-driven um, leadership. Hopefully, this is useful. Great. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. wish we had a little more time. Kim, you have anything to wrap up? 
I don't. It was ex extremely enlightening, and thank you very much. Um, if if anybody, um, so I'm sorry. So we just want to make sure for those who are listening, it's airing, right? A R Y N G is your company, and thank That's you right. so much, Bianca Jane, for your time today and and your beautiful insight um, in helping make companies better. Yes, pleasure to be here. It's our pleasure. Thank you, everyone, and I hope you have a great day. And see you next thank week on. Live. Thank you so much, Bianca. I'm gonna send you an updated, an updated version of the land of the landing page and for any contact info. If you're watching and want to get a hold of Bianca and her company, it'll all be there on the Dojo Live website. Yeah. And as far as I'm concerned, Bianca, thank you so much for having accepted the invitation to be here with us today. And we're gonna be in touch. Yes, thank you. Thank you thank so you much. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye bye. Check out past episodes, transcripts, blogs, and more on our website, dojo.nearsoft.com.